good evening to everyone and some of you i welcome you back i am probably loud and clear uh so guys today's session now i want to actually take for az10 course yes of course this is the first session of our complete course on az104 you can definitely attend one more session tomorrow also and i'm pretty confident that these two sessions itself is going to provide you huge amount of knowledge about what exactly you can do with azure virtual networks i mean certain things about virtual network is what you are going to do with me over here so let's begin with the first chapter though it is third in my series but i would like to start with this this time in our virtual networking we are going to cover a very broad overview about what exactly is a virtual network what are the benefits of virtual network how exactly is a virtual network related to an on premise physical network then we will see certain very very important terms which are related to the virtual network let them be what is a vnet what is a subnet very important and very interesting we are going to learn about the public and private ip addresses something called as cidr notation very important notation learn about network interface card how does a ip get attached to the network interface card we would also want to create a virtual machine implement security using <coughs> using nsg take care of the dns the route table and it's a pretty lengthy topic though but to big be, to begin with what is a virtual network see we all pretty well understand that every organization has a network of its own and that network is interconnection of computers and when i say a network of its own definitely it means that the computers in that network can access other computers in that network and outside people cannot be accessing those computers that means they are closed so let us say this is a enterprise network in which we have got further division most of the time which is done in the form of subnets we call them as dmz demilitarized zone and a internal subnet so basically a broader network is further classified as subnetworks subnet and dmz because maybe these computers are directly exposed to internet the traffic which comes from internet via router is going to enter into our enterprise network there will be firewalls which will probably allow or deny the traffic to further proceed and let's say if the firewall allows the traffic to proceed maybe it would go to something like a load balancer and from load balancer it might go to one of the web servers imagine our website is hosted over there the applications the dynamic applications are hosted on these web servers and that is how the request will travel and reach one of these on these web servers we can have some application running maybe a dotnet application running a java application running a python application running and these applications probably will use a 
firewall rather probably i would say will go through a firewall and reach a internal load balancer which then further would divide the request between the database servers where the query would execute the result will be returned back to the server a web page will be made and the return goes back to the client which is on internet using somewhere a web browser so yes a routing is happening like this and reaching and returning it back in short you should know that these are all web server machines all are connected to each other and not only web servers we also have other servers on a network we have got a dns server where domain name to ip mapping will be done we have got domain controllers which are basically for authentication so that resources within the network can be granted access so there are firewalls there are load balancers so many things are there which define a network now our requirement is the same setup the complete infrastructure i would like to rebuild as it is in cloud yes our focus our target is definitely microsoft azure so in microsoft azure want, want to re replicate the whole thing you are supposed to begin with creating a virtual network yes one very important thing guys if suppose you want to create a virtual network probably even i want to create a virtual network and somebody else also wants to create a virtual network and that is possible in azure within microsoft infrastructure every organization can create their own isolated virtual networks one is completely independent of the other but yes probably the hardware infrastructure the underlying hardware infrastructure probably that is shared but they are all isolated they are all independent they are not connected to each other you cannot directly share anything between each other unless explicitly a connection is established between them so yes the beginning of every organization's existence in azure is going to begin with a virtual network after creating a virtual network rather at the time of creating only we will need to have subnets created as you can see in the picture you have front end subnet you have got back end subnet and this front end subnet and back end subnet is the place where my virtual machines are going to get created now why we should create subnet yes because the multiple virtual machines which are created will be part of same subnet we can have certain common security settings we can we can have some common uh, settings for the inbound traffic the outbound traffic and lot of other things can be configured at the subnet level so yes we can group machines and put all of them in a subnet and definitely a vnet it can be having multiple subnets so you see here we have got router equivalent of that is azure infrastructure we have got in physical network firewalls now yes we can also have firewalls in azure when i captured this image firewall was not a built in service available but today firewall is a built in service available in azure we have got divisions like dmz internal equivalent of that is a subnet we have got physical machines for them we have got web servers a load balancer which was a hardware 
a load balancer is now also available in Azure, a virtual load balancer. Of course, again, a load balancer can be a public facing load balancer, which will be accessible to people on internet. And there can be internal load balancer, which is only accessible to the applications which are running within the virtual network, within the VMs. Yes, DNS to DNS equivalent is there. DC to DC equivalent is there. But what has become? Everything which was physical now has become virtual. There is nothing anymore for us at least physical. So as a consumer of cloud, we are only working with virtual resources. But remember all these virtual resources are somewhere in background mapped to the physical resources. The virtualization is all taken care of by the vendor, in our case Microsoft. And that remains completely transparent to us and we don't have to work with that layer at all. For us, we have to use certain Azure portal or various other ways. We can do it through PowerShell, we can do it through ARM templates, we can do it through CLI, even a C-sharp program can be written, Java program can be written, Python program can be written, which in turn uses REST API and we can all do the infrastructure creation dynamically. There are multiple ways of actually working with Azure. But what is Azure? Remember Azure is just equivalent of your Microsoft data center operating system. I can say Azure is an operating system. Like we have got Windows operating system managing our machine. Mac managed by Mac machines like that. Here Azure is a software which has got support for managing so many services which are executing in the data centers of Microsoft which are globally spread across the world. So I don't want to focus more on what is Azure today. But what is the advantage? Remember VNet when we are going to create in Azure there is no extra cost attached to it. But what will you do with VNet alone? Definitely within VNet we will have to create virtual machines. In advanced stages, we will create gateways. We will need IP addresses. All these are paid resources. But good thing is cloud follows pay as you go model. That means only what you use, you pay for it. What you don't use, what you don't create and don't keep it, you don't have to pay for it. So you can always create a resource. Use it for the time you want it and destroy it. Only for the time period you have used, you are going to be charged in cloud. Anyways, that's a separate discussion, the benefits of cloud computing. But right now, I want to discuss about virtual network benefits. So what are the benefits of virtual network? First, as I said, if I create a virtual network in Azure cloud, and you create a virtual network in Azure cloud, definitely our virtual networks are isolated, highly secured. You cannot do anything with my virtual network and I cannot do anything with your virtual network. Keep this point in mind. Two, I can create within my organization only multiple virtual networks. I can create one virtual network, let us say for a development team, I can create one virtual network for testing team and I can create one virtual network for probably all my production workloads. And they are all independent. The good thing is they can all remain independent of each other. 
the development team doesn't have to do anything with the production the production doesn't have to do anything with the testing they can remain isolated yeah you may create the test environment only when needed when not needed destroy of course you will have to keep the production environment up and running always every virtual machine which is there in virtual network beautiful thing is by default has access to internet that means from the virtual machines where the applications which we build are going to run you can always access the services which are available on internet there are no restrictions at least by default but yes sometimes i may want to put a restriction on that and that possibility is there with the help of nsg network security group you can put a restriction on the virtual machines yes very high security is implemented on the virtual network we have got good amount of security implemented at various levels we have got not just nsg we also have got firewall security we have got security which can protect us from multiple attacks from internet ddos attacks also it can protect you from so that is all built in into the infrastructure of microsoft azure by default we do not have any virtual machine in vnet accessible i mean if i want from internet i cannot access the virtual machine on vnet restricted but yes if one decides they can provide a public ip address to the virtual machine and then allow certain rules in nsg and firewall and then we will be able to access those virtual machines which are in cloud so from outside they are pretty safe name resolution every virtual network when created is going to have a built in dns server it's built in you don't have to do anything there where the names can be given to the virtual machine and you can start using the names for accessing the virtual machine rather than using their ip addresses with the facility in case you want you can always have multiple virtual networks i mean sorry you can always have your own custom dns server needed you can do that and one more beautiful thing about virtual network is connectivity you can connect a vnet with another vnet let's say i have india where my branch is located i have us and another branch of my organization is located for each of the physical locations i'll create their respective vnets and then i can establish a connection between these two using vpn virtual private network express route we can create a connection between these two vnets and not only vnets we can also establish connection between our on premise network the physical network and the virtual network we can connect these two so that certain things which probably we want people to access we can put it on vnet let's say something like a web server so from internet the request will come to a vnet virtual machine in vnet and the virtual machine in vnet in background using a private ip address can access a database server which i have made it secured by hosting it in my on premise 
probably because of some privacy issues. So a site-to-site -site VPN connection can be created. And not only that, Microsoft gives a beautiful option of express route. Now what is this express route? Here I can have between my organization physical network, let's say my organization data center and Azure data center nearest to my location, we can set up a direct connection bypassing internet. Yes, we will have to talk to the local service providers who are going to provide a direct connectivity between our data center and Microsoft. Something like a leased connection will be established, which doesn't go via internet. Very fast, very secured. So those people who think we may not want to move to cloud because it is not secured, you are doing a blunder of your life. Now cloud is considered to be more secured than probably you hosting your own infrastructure in your on-premise. So many security protocols they have implemented that if properly configured, everything can be made secured in cloud too, as much as it can be made secured in your on-premise. Of course, that's again a separate discussion altogether, which will go through various phases of our different topics in the curriculum. But at this point of time, what you should understand is there is the starting point where we want to create a virtual network so that an organization present can start in cloud. You cannot create a virtual machine without creating a virtual network. The most important thing one should know when we want to work with any machine is we should know its IP address. For the sake of few who may not probably have good idea about this, let me clarify. If suppose this is a machine, this machine is going to have some IP address. Some IP address will be there. Imagine 202.34. something. This is the IP address imagined for that machine. Now on this machine, we are going to have multiple applications running. We have application A, we may have application B, we may have application C, like that multiple applications might be running. And there are probably multiple client applications who want to visit all these applications of this machine. So this wants to probably talk to this, this wants to probably talk to this, and this application wants to talk to this. And of course, these are also running on some machine, maybe on same machine, maybe on different machine. What is important is a developer understands this pretty well, but an IT administrator should know that there is something called as a socket which has to be created. All these places a socket has to be created. These are all sockets. Like if I want to call you, you should have a phone, I should have a phone. Think of socket like a phone. And when the socket is created, what is it made up of? An IP address of the respective machine along with some port number. Port number is some number, integer number. 1, 2, 3, 4, like that, it's a number. So every socket has an IP address and port number. IP address and port number. So if you want to call me, you should know my number. I don't have to know your number. So these applications should definitely know on which socket this particular application is receiving the request. So these applications are supposed to have 
knowledge of this IP which is actually the IP of the machine at the machine level IP is same for all these applications and for each one of them the port number is going to be different. Suppose this is a web server this can be port number 80 if it is HTTP protocol 443 if it is HTTPS protocol. You want to do an RDP remote desktop access to this 3389 you want to access different applications have different port numbers and you can write your own custom application with custom port numbers just a number. So how are multiple sockets different on one machine though all of them will have the same IP each of them will have a different port number. So now you have to understand very clearly if the two applications wants to communicate with each other let us say app 1 and app 2 wants to communicate with each other between app 1 and app 2 a socket has to be created for which we should know the IP address of the app 2. Of course app 1 will know its own IP so when it is sending the request automatically that request would include the address and this fellow will know that. Like when you call me I get your caller ID number so I will know which number you are calling me from. But to you to call me you should know my number. So same thing happens here also between applications to communicate with each other. So IP address is an address of machine not an application. Socket is the address of an application together with port number along with of course IP and port number together. Very important point here. Now let us understand IP addresses in context of Azure more important. We are always going to have two types of IP address one is called as public IP address and the other is called as private IP address. Now what is this public and what is this private IP address? If I take you back to this diagram suppose if I want to access this virtual machine directly from internet compulsory this is supposed to have a public IP address. But if I have a machine which should not be accessible from internet and is only accessible to the other machines within the network, this wants to access this, this wants to access this, this wants to access this, anybody, this wants to access this, this wants to access this, anything within the VNet if they want to communicate with each other, private IP is more than sufficient, they do not need public IP. So a machine can have public IP as well as private IP. You can think of it like this. Within a family every person may have one internal name, the nickname we call it and then one name will be there our registered public name with which outside people will call me. So maybe my son, my mother, my father calls me with one name that is private name. When a person from outside calls me, that's a public name, but the person is same. Same virtual machine can receive a request on public IP or private IP. So there are two types of IPs which every resource may have. But remember, every virtual machine which is part of a VNet definitely will have a private IP. But public IP is 
assigned or allocated to only those machines which we want to allow direct access from internet. And when I say direct access, if you look, go by this diagram, these machines are not directly accessible by internet. These machines are accessible from internet only via load balancer. So load balancer should have public IP. These machines can have private, private IP for being referred in the load balancer. So internet will send the traffic to public IP address of the load balancer. Load balancer will forward the request to this machine using their private IP. And this machine can talk to this load balancer which is again using private IP and this will forward the request to this using private IP. That means only the entry point is supposed to be public. You don't need public beyond it. So very few resources which should be directly accessible from internet we are going to provide public IP address otherwise private is good enough. That's one important point. But even before I proceed something very 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 important you have to understand is what is CIDR notation? Classless interdomain routing notation. Now let us understand what is this CIDR notation. Now whenever we are creating a virtual network and then subnets within the virtual network we need to define what is going to be the range. What is going to be the range of the IP addresses which will be used for assigning unique IP address to each machine on the network. I repeat this point. If I create a virtual network, I need to define. See, we know that IP address are of 4 bytes. So we have 4 bytes IP address. Now what are these 4 bytes made up of? Byte 1, dot byte 2, dot byte 3, dot byte 4. Like that 4 bytes are there. Each byte ranges from 0 to 255. 1 byte, the minimum value is 0, the maximum value is 255. So start with 0, dot, 0, dot, 0, dot, 0. That is the first IP address. And what would be the last IP address in the series? 255, dot, 255, dot, 255, dot, 255. So these are the possible values starting with 0, 0, 0, 0. Next can be 0, 0, 0, 1. Next can be 0, 0, 0, 2, up to 255. Then 1.0, 1 1.1, 1 1.2, up to 1.255, then 2.0 and it goes on. So in combination if I look at, we are going to have 255 into 255 into 255 into 255. So many possible IP addresses are there, which is a pretty large number. But the world is not finding this number also sufficient with so many devices on internet. So many gadgets on internet, so many machines on internet, the number is not sufficient. So gradually the world is moving towards a 6 byte IP address. So right now I don't want to focus on 6 byte IP address. Lot of our services today work on 4 byte IP address only. So we will understand first 4 byte IP address and almost same discussion is applied to 6 byte IP address also. What my requirement is? See when we are creating a VNet, we just randomly cannot decide whatever range we want. Because many of these IP addresses are used for 
public purpose on internet so what industry has recommended is four series which are supposed to be used for intranet for example if i am going to create a very small network of my organization i may begin with 192.168.1 i mean 0.0 and go up to 192.168.255.255 i may do like that 192.168.255.255 I may do that or I may probably fix this number also say something like I will give your fixed number dot zero so this also will be dot zero so here how many numbers are possible 256 starts with zero goes up to 255 so total 256 combination so then a correction actually for mathematics with age now the total number of combinations which are allowed is 256 into 256 into 256 into 256 because 0 is included it's 0 to 255 so so many combinations are allowed which is decently a very big number so here how many numbers are possible only 0 to 255 that means 256 numbers are possible but if I take this, I start with 0.0, .0 and go up to 255.255. So how many numbers are possible? 256 into 256. So now we have to somehow specify this range somewhere. How do we specify this range? That is what we use CIDR notation. It's an industry standard term. Classless interdomain routing. So to represent this range, these three are fixed, na? This three are fixed. So I'll copy this three. What is variable? Last part is variable. And then I give here dot. Three bytes are fixed. Three into eight. Twenty-four. So slash twenty-four. I will give this as the representation. This is CIDR notation. For this range. Likewise, for this what will be the CIDR? How many bytes are fixed here? The first byte is fixed, second byte is fixed, two bytes are fixed, two into eight bits, 16. So here I give 16. But remember, when we give 16 here, this two compulsory must be zero. That means this also must be zero. I cannot have a variable. It will start with 0.0, .0 and go up to 255.255. So this is one series which is recommended for small network. Like that, there is another series which is 172.16, which is for large networks. And then 10 dot is very large networks. Networks of Microsoft across the globe, network of Google across the globe, network of other organizations, Apple across the globe. These people which are very large networks, they are supposed to begin their numbers with 10. So how will be this? How are we going to represent this? So this means what? I will put 0 here, 0 here, 0 here and it can go up to what? 10.255.255.255. So what is the 
CIDR notation for this series. To represent this in CIDR format, we have to give slash 8. Only one byte is fixed. For demo purpose, for easy explanation, easy understanding, I am using 8, 16, 24. But remember, this can be 27. This can be 13. This can be 10. So 10 bits are fixed. It's a binary system actually. So 10 bits would be fixed. Rest all would be variable. How many bytes total? 8 into 4, 32. 32 bits. 4 bytes into 8. 32 bits in all. You can decide how many you want to be variable. You can always do that. Yes, you want any random value. That means you want this range. So is anything fixed in this? Nothing is fixed. So give all four of them and gives just slash zero. Nothing is fixed. So this is the superset. I would put last. So to represent all IP addresses in CIDR notation, this is the format. For And mind you, these are recommendations. I may have an organization with 10 machines and for that also I can use 10 dot series. Why not? It's not a standard, but nobody will stop you from doing this. So the ranges which I am mentioning here are for private IP. I repeat this point. Whatever ranges I am giving here, the purpose is to specify a private IP, which I mean private IP range from which one number will be used for each of the virtual machine which is going to be created in your VNet. Within VNet, what do we create? Subnets. So, slash 16. What I will do now is, within VNet, I am going to create front-end subnet and I am going to create back-end subnet. Now, what we, I will do is, for the VNet, because I have taken slash 16, subnet is supposed to be a subset of it. For the front-end subnet, I need a subset range and for the back-end subnet, I need a separate subnet range. So, what I will do here, I will give here 1.0 slash 24. So, in this subnet, how many machines can be there? 256. Only one variable is there. And likewise, in this subnet, how many machines can be there? I will put here 2.0 slash 24. So, if this is a virtual machine in front-end subnet, Imagine if this is VM1, this machine would have what IP? That machine would have something like 192, 168, 1.0. Then VM2 will be there, VM3 will be there. That will have what? 2 will have dot 1, dot 2. Like this, if these are backend subnet machines. So let us say they are like D1 or D2, D3, imagine they are database machines, D1, DB, or DB1, DB2, DB3, what will be their IP? Because they are in backend subnet, this series will be used. So these three are fixed, slash zero. So come here and you give slash zero. For second one would be slash one. For third one would be slash two. Wait, what happens in Azure is, as soon as, 
of VM is created and the VNet is created, five IP addresses get reserved. Like if I give this range, we have five IP addresses which are already reserved for internal usage. What are they? 168, 1 1.0, 1.1, 1.2, and 1.3. These are reserved. They cannot be changed. And of course, there is one more. 255. So, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 are reserved. So, what would be the IP then for the first VM? 4. This would be probably 5. This can be 6. Like that. Here also 4, 5 and 6. You can give different value. But you should understand these IPs are reserved for internal usage within Azure. Very, very, very interesting. If you can understand this topic, you understand lot of stuff because everything in network, remember guys, is will connected through IPs. It's the most important topic. People take this very lightly and they struggle with the rest of the top concepts. Unfortunately, I know we are not able to speak to each other, but when I take a live session, you are going to connect with me on Teams and at that time I am going to probably answer your questions directly. Yes, but there are some frequently asked questions with the experience I have, like can this be any number? Yes, definitely it can be any number. Can we use any number other than this series also for intranet? Yes, but that will not be a good exercise. It will be like Dabba is of one brand and the product is of a different brand. Possible. You are taking iPhone Dabba and putting a China phone in that. Why will you do that? What you are, you should display. That's it. So these are recommended IP ranges, IP series for intranet. So use them only. Otherwise, there will be conflict. Two machines on same network are not supposed to have same IP address. Imagine not two people in the house given same name. Whom should I call? If I call, both will come. And I don't want both to be communicated. Big time confusion. So never have two people with same name, same IPs on your network. And use this only for intranet. Other numbers can be used for int internet. So this is how you should understand first what is CIDR notation. So in that again the concept let me clarify. When I am talking about a public IP address, there are two types of public IP address. One is dynamic, the other is static. What is dynamic, what is static? If the IP for a given resource is going to remain fixed and never thereafter it is ever going to change. That type of IP is called as static IP. A static IP. It never changes. But if the IP can be different at different times, then it can be dynamic. So probably I will have five IP addresses purchased 
and I want these five IP addresses to be used for my 10 resources but at different times, not at the same time. Then I will go for public IP which is static and this concept makes more sense actually in context of public IP but private IPs also can be dynamic and static. Say for example, I create a virtual machine and I want the IP of that virtual machine to be same even if I stop the virtual machine and start the virtual machine. I don't want the IP address to change. Those kind of cases go for static IP address. Generally web servers. We definitely want web server to have a static IP address because the domain name to IP address mapping is done in DNS server which is in some other location. So if the IP changes here, will you go back and change that entry in your DNS server every time? Not possible. So you have to ensure for certain resources compulsory you should go for static IP address but if you want to reuse your IP address for different resources then only go for dynamic IP addresses otherwise don't go for dynamic IP address. So public IP address allow Azure resources to communicate with internet Azure public facing services whereas private is purely within the network. So let me now take you through a live demo. Enough I have spoken. First I log in to the Azure portal portal.azure.com log in with the ID where you have the subscription I have sandeepsoni at deccansoft.com that's my ID actually and here I have multiple subscriptions but right now I'm using only one and I would like to create a virtual network so go to the menu and here we have virtual network You can click on create, create, every resource in Azure compulsory is part of one resource group. Resource group is a container of resources. But remember this is also a logical container. So actually speaking we should first create a resource group and then we should create a resource. But here only you can create a resource group if you want. But let me first otherwise show you. I go to resource group. There are a lot of resource groups here. I want to create one more resource group. Choose the subscription. Choose the resource group name. Let's say I give something like uh, September. RG September demo RG and you have to choose the region where you want to create the resource group but something very 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 important I'm creating a resource group in East US and after that I can add into that resource group resources which can be of a different region also because I created a resource group in East US, it does not mean we should do everything in East US only. I can have in this resource group certain resources which are in West US, certain in East US, certain in South India, certain in Central India, 
you can put like that then what is the purpose of resource group all the resources have some metadata some description that metadata is going to be stored in the east us region of resource group so i now want to create a virtual network of course i recommend keeping the virtual network resource group and its location sorry virtual virtual network yeah resource group location and virtual network location as same it's a recommendation so i now create a new virtual network i use an existing resource group and let's say give some name demo hyphen vnet that hyphen vnet identifies that it is a virtual network i'll keep the region as east us next and this is where the importance is what is the ip address space for this vnet you want you can define and simply give it as 10.0.0.16 but as i said i recommend a different series i want to use this 192.168.0.0/16 one vnet if you want to have split address space you can do that also you can give 192 and then 10 dot also it's okay it's allowed but to begin with you don't do that so you see here if this is the ip address range this is the starting number this is the ending number and so many ip addresses are possible within that vnet 65536 which is actually 256 into 256 if you want to support 6 byte ip address then you have to give that range also not interested as of now within vnet i told you there can be subnets so here we are supposed to add a subnet let's call that name front end subnet back end subnet no sorry front end subnet is the name and what is the address range we want for this definitely the address range which i give here must be subset of this range so i'll take this and i'll give here 1.0/24 you can add like this i would like to add one more subnet which is backend subnet and here also i'll give 2. Zero slash twenty four. You can add so one vnet with two subnets, subsets of the vnet address space. This is called as address space. Security next tab. Something called as bastion, which is a service which we cover later for doing an RDP. remote desktop access if you want for your virtual machines which are in the vnet then you may want to implement bastion service ddos attacks basically attacks from the robots or from the bots somebody want to spoil my business would probably use bots and send so much dummy traffic on my website that genuine traffic will stop coming you will stop getting 
responded azure infrastructure protects you from that by default but in that also if you want lot of extra facilities ddos attacks if you want some extra enhanced ddos mitigation capabilities adaptive tuning attack notifications somebody is attacking immediately you should get a notification you want to capture from where the attacks is coming telemetry data then only you have to go for standard otherwise remember basic is built in ddos protection basic is built in you may want to go for advanced advanced additional features then only you should go for standard otherwise standard is not required if you want to implement firewall service for your vnet i told you wire firewalls are now available and if you want to support firewall service for your vnet then only enable it you have to give firewall name firewall will also belong to one subnet and we have to choose some ip address also for the firewall i am not interested in that these are all little advanced topics which we learn gradually tax suppose we use one subscription where the billing is going to happen and i want to divide the cost and see later by some criteria i can give tax like i can give a tag by name organization maybe org1 if i create another vnet i'll say organization org2 basically this is only for billing purpose nothing to do with configuration of vnet every resource in azure has tags so that you can group them by tag segregate the reports segregate the cost that is the only purpose otherwise we are done click on create couple of minutes of wait and we should find our virtual network ready one you say vnet and virtual network yeah both are same vnet is a short form of virtual network both are same what is network conflict network conflict is like you are let's say doing two virtual networks both have same ip address space and you put a connection between them then conflict will happen two organizations both have same ip address ranges used and then one organization was purchased by the other organization and now you connect to each other that's a conflict what is the difference between resource group and workspace workspace i don't know where did you see but resource group is the context where we are going to keep multiple resources which have common life cycle maybe at the end of the session when i want to de delete all the resources which i have created i will simply go and delete the resource resource group if i delete the resource group all the resources in that resource group will get deleted uh can you give an example when you say internally used in azure five reserved ips i gave just now probably they are used for some built in services routing service like that there are built in services which are part of the network so for those built in services those reserved ips will be used we don't know what they are used for that's not documented for us so that's what is the usage of ips being holded workspace is again a very vast concept there are so many types in which so many context you can define a workspace so many so in different context there are different meanings actually 
what is the difference between resource group and container container is again a different concept where we actually create docker containers running instance of a docker image is called as container which is like a substitute to the vm so there are a lot of videos i have done on docker containers i would request you to watch them on youtube dockerization containerization i have taken some topics before there are pre recorded sessions available so yeah we have the resource create fantastic this is my vnet how does it look like you can go to the diagram and see how a vnet looks like vnet has two subnets very small very simple to begin with mind you as the session progresses the diagram is going to take the form of this oh huge topic this is will take this form so many resources we are going to create as we progress deep into the session so many subnets in each subnet so many vms network security groups firewalls will be there one by one it's a step by step progress this kind of vnet i'm going to create for you people with lot of restrictions practically we will do all these things with proper hands on but let's not dump in one day everything so we understood how do we create a vnet how to specify ip addresses basically what is cidr notation how to give address spaces and so on so from here we will continue in next session where i am going to talk about what is a network security group how does it play a important role what are the various terms at the discussion level and then we will see how we can create a network security group put the security around virtual machines we will also create a virtual machine in our next session tomorrow and see how we can access the virtual machines how to restrict the virtual machines using nsg this is the topic reserved for tomorrow and you can feel free to ask your questions post any kind of questions you may have to me on my email id sandeepsonia@techandsoft.com you can also get in touch with me specifically in related in context to your career in azure if you want i didn't want to talk about myself in the beginning but yes i am basically a certified trainer lot of things lot of certifications i have done overall 23 years in the industry heading an organization and of course architecting projects and so many other things also i do and in case you do want to join this course i would request you to contact our reception i mean our sales department you can contact kashmira on the specified number and take the details about the course 
the course is going to come along with pre-recorded session to you people this is the course which i am offering right now so you will have video access along with the live classes the cli live classes are going to happen through microsoft teams it will be a two-way interaction you will talk to me directly and ask your questions if in case you have any so creating a vnet and subnet will cost us no vnet and subnet which we have created are not going to cost us anything right now i told you only when we create virtual machines when we create ip addresses when we create gateways at that point of time the charges will be incurred so right now i have created vnet and i'll just leave it as it is i'm not going to incur any charges who will take this course anybody who wants to make a career in it should do this particular course tomorrow you want to probably become uh, as you have asked etl background people you want to work with data services definitely you should do it you want to make your career in ai ml definitely you should do it. this is the foundation for me people say az 900 is foundation but trust me this is the foundation subject you should know and once you know this you can build on top of it anything my son is going into engineering and i have told him very clearly the first thing you are going to do is c programming and virtual networking he will start his career with these two things this is indeed a foundation subject which you are supposed to build upon you see so many things here you talk about storage you talk about security active directory you talk about backups how they are taken care of you talk about sql databases everything which probably everybody should know especially developers if you are a developer you hardly have knowledge of all these things so if you are a developer guys compulsory i would suggest you to do this course along with of course az204 but this is the foundation course which i feel everybody in the industry is supposed to do you will have extraordinary base very strong base on top of which you can just build up anything but ip addresses are assigned to vnet and subnet right i haven't no ip address are not assigned to vnet ip address are not assigned to subnet very good point somebody has raised who is that abhi reddy i have only reserved i have given address space i said whenever ip address is taken in this vnet it should be from this range whenever a ip address is used for a virtual machine which i am going to create not created i am going to create at that point of time it should be in this range that's it so i believe i leave you people here thank you and see you tomorrow take care good night and good day for people in india bye bye